where the lines between fantasy and reality are blurred. One fantasy football podcast stands tall above the rest. Balling on a budget. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. We're grateful to be here. Episode 4 of Balling on a Budget, a fantasy football podcast that is self-descriptive. I'm your host, John Skelly, and as always, joined by my co-host, Fritz Reininger. It's getting hotter by the second. We're in the sauna. The studio is a sauna. Not the best choice, but... But we're losing weight and dropping mad knowledge. Dropping bars, dropping weight, dropping knowledge, dropping panties, bro. Whoa, God. <laughs> It is a family show. It is a family, and I, yeah. What? So, the boxes? We just made it out. We just made it No, that made it even more out. <laughs> I've got my uh, my boxers on, everybody, just to let you know. Uh, I couldn't, I can't say the same. It sounds like Barkley's uh, missing his trousers out there, too. <laughs> Sorry for the, I apologize for the dog crying noises. He's a six-month-old puppy, and he's a big baby. Moving, uh, moving along here. He wants in on the sauna, but he doesn't know what the, how hot it is in here. He would be. He's. He thinks he wants in on the sauna. Well, you know, the first person on our list is from the dog pound. <laughs> and every dog has his day. So that he might want to come to come in and uh, and drop his two. Oh, cents. give us some insight. Yeah, uh, that's what I'm saying. All right. That's well, let's jump right into it. Today we're doing our uh, running back rankings 13 through 24, our RB2s. Um, let's jump right in. All right, we're jumping right in. We're in the geriatric gridiron here with the fantasy football architect. Uh, number 13 on our list here, our high-end, top-end RB2, borderline RB1. Yes, Nick. sir. Nicholas Chubb. Nicky Chubby. Nick Chubb Chubster. The, the Chubster. The Chubster. Very high on Nick this year. Rocking and rolling. He and, he and Marlon Mack are probably two of my uh, my running backs that I'm really high on this Targeting. Year. You're I looking to target those guys. Sure. Broke out down the stretch last year for sure, but Duke Johnson and Kareem Hunt, that worries me a bit. I definitely would be... Uh, We'll handcuff him with Kareem Hunt, uh, just in case. But I think that uh, John, if he if he puts in good numbers, uh, those first games in, um, I think why would you take him out? Why would you stop a good thing? Yeah, so keep he, him rolling. Yeah, so, he's healthy. Yeah, and he had like you said, he had great numbers at the tail end after Hyde left last year, um, but he only played thirty six percent of offensive snaps, which is very surprising, uh, and that was basically in eleven games. Um, he had eight rushing touchdowns, almost four shy of a thousand yards rushing. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you average everything out for a 16, 16 week season, he's got about eighty six yards per game and thirteen hundred and eighty one yards for the season, uh, which is fantastic. Um, he's got a, that would be thirteen point three touches per game. Uh, he only had five point two percent of team targets because they have such a um, so many weapons, yeah. Great weapons. And now with LBJ there, but I think that also opens up the, the middle for him. 
uh, either for screen passes coming out or for just rushing yardage. Well, that's why he's more in an RB2 conversation than one because he kind of lacks that PPR upside, that receiving game upside. I can see that. I can see that. But, but he's I, a beast running the ball, kind of like Sonny Michelle. Yeah, for sure. That's kind of why I, I totally agree with you on that one. Yeah, he uh, maybe this explains the snap percentage, um, but... Last year, he never got more than three carries in a game until week seven. Even after getting 105 yards and two touchdowns in week four, they wouldn't give him more than three touches. After finally taking control of the starting job, that should have been his all along, though he was a beast. Last 10 games of the season, like you said, uh, averaged 82 yards a game, 17 carries a game, six touchdowns. So... If he he morphed, he uh, grew into the workhorse role in, in towards the end of the season, you're hoping that he continues to grow and prosper in that role here in his second year. But uh, with Kareem Hunt on the horizon, I just don't know. So I'm not as high on him as you are. Yeah, I think that uh, if he can just pick up where he left off, then he's going to uh, relegate Kareem Hunt to... Uh, just coming in and spelling him while he gets some rest. And why, why wouldn't you have two, two uh, amazing, fantastic backs? Um, although, isn't the, the I don't guy. I Kareem Hunt's a very good speller. Speller? <laughs> you don't think he doesn't he would, strike me as a bright guy. You don't think he'd be. <laughs> well, that's quite obvious. <laughs> he, wouldn't, he wouldn't be winning the uh, Spelling Bee Championship with the new eight, right. eight champions. Maybe like a soccer kicking goal kicking competition oh ouch field goal kicking yeah ouch that one hurt <laughs> that hurt uh i so i don't know i think that um he has the opportunity and the chance of going he, i mean because kareem hunt won't be there so he has a chance to prove himself if he does i wouldn't change it if i were cleveland uh they have a dynamic offense going in a lot of people are picking them to uh take the leaps and bounds and win the division and win their division yeah. uh, as I am uh, I think they I think they the arrow is just pointing out for every position um, on that team right now moving on in uh, the next slot number 14 um, somebody we're in agreement on we both had him 14 Damian Williams of the Chiefs I actually dug up quite a few interesting nuggets today doing my research last-minute research on him. You look at it, and, uh, well, first off, according to Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy the other day, he said, Damian Williams is our starter, and we expect him to excel in that role. So the coaches are behind him, but this, I didn't realize, I thought he was only in Miami a couple years. This is his, this is his sixth year in the league, um, he's 27 years old. Um, he had four years in Miami where he was used more as a receiving back than anything else. He never had more than 46 carries in any of his Miami seasons, and then he had 50 last year with the Chiefs in the regular season. So he's never had more than 50 carries in a season. But he never had less than 20 receptions in any of his five years. So even in Miami, he was getting at least 20 catches a year. He's averaged 28 targets per season so far. And he caught five balls in both of Casey's playoff games and was an overall beast in those games. So uh, he has the receiving game upside is what I'm getting at. 
And then uh, he's never averaged over four yards per carry in Miami, but he had 5.1 yards per carry here in Kansas City. Kind of proves, kind of lends to the argument. People are saying it's like a system back. It's a, it's Andy Reid's system, not him being super talented. But it doesn't matter if that's the case. For fantasy, who cares if he's talented, if he's getting the volume, and he's, they're putting him in position to score. Yeah, I... Uh... I uh, definitely am in high on, on Damien Williams. I think if you take Kareem Hunt's numbers from last year and Damien Williams' numbers and you average them out, um, they were on the field uh, 68% of offensive snaps. Uh, that, again, is going up there almost close to the top four. Uh, definitely yeah. more than Alvin Kamara was on there. Um, so that, again, if you're on the field, there is the possibility to score points. Uh, so he... Uh, by himself, he was only on there 19.8. So that just shows you how uh, he wasn't used until Kareem Hunt was let go. Um, in the last five games last year, he was able to put up 363 yards rushing. He had 28 receptions for 210 yards, and he had eight touchdowns. So that averages out about, about 22 points per game. Now, I would take 22 points from my running back any day, all day. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he was a great uh, waiver wire pickup last year. Marlon yeah. Mack was too for me, and Aaron Jones. I've yeah. got all three of those guys. I agree. I had I picked up uh, Aaron Jones and Damian Williams, and they definitely. Well, I missed out on Connor, but. Uh, yeah, I can't believe Connor sat there for weeks. I mean, like crushed it. Nobody signed him, and then the guy that drafted Le'Veon signed him, and man, it paid off for him. He made it. He won. Yeah. He won the whole thing. So I'm going to reiterate what you said about Eric Bieniemy came out and said that. Uh, he is the starting running back. Uh, he said that last week. But even before that, the Chiefs GM, Brett Veach, came out and said that it was Williams' job to lose. And that was like months ago that he cut, the GM came out and said that. Mm-hmm. And then now, he also now have Biennemi coming out. So he's got the backing, full backing of the organization. He is their number one until he messes up. I know they made a couple draft picks. They went out and got Carlos Hyde, uh, who I used to love Carlos Hyde. Uh, he was great in Cleveland last year at the beginning, and then he just couldn't do anything when he was traded uh, to Jacksonville. Um, just horrible. Yeah. Uh, but they did have a lot of offensive line injuries and whatnot last year. But uh, um, so I'm not. I'm not scared. I'm not scared. Some people are saying that Hyde may lead the backfield this year. Doubt he, it. Uh, and I, I doubt it as well. I think that it's his job to lose. And if he performs uh, anywhere near to the level that he did last year in this high-powered offense, then Damian Williams is going to succeed. Real quick before we move on to uh, number 15, what's the over-under uh, years it takes before Eric Bieniemy becomes a head coach in the NFL? Uh, two and a half, you think, over-under? Uh, mm, I'm gonna, I would say like two. So under. Yeah, under. Two more years, Bieniemy. Hold on if, tight. Uh, if somebody might go next year, depending upon what, how, what you know. Uh, yeah, after... Uh, What's his name? Zach Taylor and the Bengals flame out. Maybe they'll finally <laughs> replace him with uh, old B enemy. And uh, don't don't befriend the enemy, B enemy. <laughs> so let's move on to fifteen. Somebody we disagreed on. I had him at fourteen. Him at you at eighteen. Josh. Joshua Jacobs. Josh, the answer, Jacobs. <laughs> That's coming from a Raiders. Fan. That's a Raider fan right yeah. there for you, baby. First round pick. The Allen Iverson. Of the football community, <laughs> Josh the Answer Jacobs. Josh Jacobs should be the workhorse back now that Crowell's out for the year. 
Um, Doug Marlin. Uh, I've, I've, uh, well, yeah, but he's he's a, he's a backup type back at this point in his career. Well, that's what I'm saying. No, I don't think that he's going to get any. Yeah. There's no competition from Doug Martin. Um, I've proven I've proven with my Alvin Kamara argument, Ezekiel Elliott um, argument that I'm big on tread on the tires. I'm big on durability. And uh, Jacobs, there's not a lot of tread on the tires with only 299 total touches in his three years at Alabama, 251 carries, 48 catches. So he's fresh, he's young, he's talented. Uh, everything I hear about his character and work ethic is out through the roof. So there's no reason to expect he doesn't come in and immediately take over. Uh, David Carr, also brother of Derek Carr, I don't have the exact quote, but he, on NFL Network he said, that he's going to be the workhorse back, and he would know being the brother of the court starting quarterback. So I'm going to trust David Carr in this situation, and uh, which is not something you want to do on the on the football field, but on the, off of the fantasy off the football field, I'm going to trust David Carr on this one and expect that as a rookie, I'm expecting Jacobs to do as a rookie what Kareem Hunt did as a rookie. Wow. Where you people take them in the eighth round or something, thinking, yeah, oh, it'll be pretty good, and then, oh, just blows everyone away. Okay, that's what I'm expecting. Okay, and see, mine is that is the rushing percentage uh, by the Raiders. The Raiders only ran the ball 38.9 percent of the time, so almost a third. The rest of the time, they're passing. They they were mm. a passing offense. They went out and got Antonio Brown. They got Tyrell Williams. They just got um, J.J. Nelson. They Nelson. drafted Hunter Renfro. And also from the Colts, they just picked up. And Ryan Grant. Ryan yeah. Grant. Uh, so they are, I think, going to be a very pass-heavy. I just saw a statistic earlier today that said something about the uh, car's deep ball um, completion yeah. percentage was like number, number, two, th- and number two or three in he the league. He is number two and three in NFL history of passing passer on deep ball. Deep balls. ball. So number then one is Russell Wilson, and two and three is Carr. So they went out and they got got speedy guys, big receivers, guys who can get open, professional receivers, uh, and the the Raiders only ran the ball thirty eight point nine percent. And mind you, that was in 2018. Guess what it was in 2017? 38.9%. Exactly the same. Exactly. And when they're at home, 38.9%. And when they're away, 38.9%. <laughs> How weird is that? Last year, this year, home and away, all 38.9%. All, that's what they, that is a standard. So Gruden is just chucking the ball all over the yard. Huh? So I'm saying that... The talent's there. If he can open his hole, up some holes, bust some holes, and make it for him, uh, he can. He will, you know, he'll be successful. But I, I don't see him as being. I'm seeing him as being a maybe a low end running back to. With upside. It, yeah, it's just I'm I'm praying on the upside basically. And you're praying on it. And right now I'm I living on a prayer. <laughs> so I I. I that's my that would be my only question mark for Jay, and he's not proven yet in the NFL. Yeah, you'd think as a Raiders fan you would be really high on him, but I'm the high one. Man, I want him. I want him to be. I want him to be good. Of course I do. I want him to be good. But you know what? John Gruden is uh, a nut job. Mad, so. Yeah, mad genius. Well, well that remains to be seen. We will see if the mad genius works out. The mad. He's part mad. Is true. Part yeah. for sure. <laughs> 
So next on the list is 16, Derrick Henry. Um, kind of like the unanimous consensus. Uh, he's always, he's somewhere in the teens, either in the high teens or low. But um, Derrick Henry was a beast last year, undeniably. What do you got on him, Fritzy? So I, I agree. I think I'm actually, I think, a little higher on Derrick Henry than most people are. Um, I've seen some people really high, and then I've just seen a lot of people just fading him altogether. Uh, they're saying don't expect the same numbers that you got last year at the last couple, for like weeks 14 through 16, I think it was. Um, but I actually, uh, I'm really high or higher on Derrick Henry. They ran the ball, Tennessee ran the ball 48.5% of the time last year, uh, which was up from 44.6% of the time in 2017. Um, Henry averaged 14.4 touches per game. He only had was only on the field 40.7% of offensive snaps. Uh, so if we can get that up... Um, and, and and they're talking up his pass catching ability this year that they want to get him more involved in the in in the passing game. That would be great because he's only had target totals of 15, 17, and eighteen in his three year career. So I guess more and more each year technically. So it's, yeah, so I mean, Deion Lewis is still there. They're not paying Deion Lewis five million dollars a year not to play. They're not going to sit him on the bench. So he's going to still get his. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if he can, if Henry can get. You know, he only had 18 targets last year. If he can get another 10 to 15 targets, 20 targets, uh, I'm thinking that kicks him up another little notch. But uh, the offensive coordinator, Arthur Smith, Smith, came out and said that Henry will be a big part of the offense in 2019. So I see them running the ball a lot. Uh, I, don't, I see them maybe winning a lot of games dirty. I'm not a big fan of uh, Marcus Mariota. Uh, I think he's got skills. I just haven't seen him yet, maybe. Uh, I think he's a mediocre quarterback. I would love for him to be good. I've always rooted for him. I've had him on my teams. But I think that this this is going to be a run-first uh, offense and then with some passes sprinkled in. Arthur Smith just sounds like a made-up name. <laughs> Who the heck is Arthur Smith? I feel like maybe that's Mike Malarkey. Come back, come out <laughs> of the shadows. That's a bunch of malarkey. Uh, he's back. And he's coaching under an alias. Arthur, Arthur Smith. Smith. Right. Yeah. This new hot coach on the scene, he just came out of nowhere. So I think oh, I think he might be a steal. I might. I think you might end up uh, getting him as a steal compared to last year as he drops, I think, because people aren't as high on him. Um, people were high on him in the draft last year. He got drafted high last year. Huge last year. And then he got cut pretty immediately by right. a lot of people. Right, right. And so and I think a lot of people... So you're going to have the, the, the owners who had him last year who picked him up, I think are going to be high. The guys who saw what he was capable of are going to be higher than the ones who drafted him initially. Because mm-hmm. uh, they don't want to get burned again. They don't want to get burned twice. Kind of like Fernand and... Yeah, and, be- and, Bell and Bell for me, and Bell for me last year. Well, he was an undeniable monster down the stretch last year. Weeks twelve through sixteen, he averaged nineteen carries a game for a hundred and twenty-five yards a game and eight touchdowns. That's four games, so that's two touchdowns a game. One hundred twenty-five yards and two touchdowns per game. Yeah, on the ground. Yep, insane. He had an eighty-six point five percent positive run percentage. So, so he's uh, not losing yards. And he had 72% of his, his yards were, were yak yards, so, so yards after contact. So 
He's hard to get down. He's hard to bring down. He's a beast. Oh, yeah, he's huge. Man. Uh, so, I, and I, I think they finally found a formula that's going to work for them uh, that they like in Tennessee. And it'll be a run first and then when pass, comes, pass when you need to. Right. When it comes to Mariota, he, they said he beefed up this year. They said the last couple years he had been fighting the Titans on. I don't want to bulk up because I want to be fat. I'll stay fast and quick. But so now this year he's finally decided. All right, I got to beef up mus- with muscle to stay healthy. So he's done it. He's not okay. going to be as fast this year, I guess. But that's we'll see if he's able to finally stay healthy and maybe throw for more than eleven touchdowns in this there season. So, so um, where are we on this day? We're on here? seventeen. 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 Aaron Jones of the Green Bay Packers. Uh, and it's not just because of his 5.3% body fat. Ooh! Wow. Um, both of his years in this in the NFL, he's averaged 5.5 yards per carry. I mean, he's extremely efficient. Um, he's, or has been in the past two years. This year, uh, I think he's finally going to put it all together and just have a complete season as a pro. Yeah, you know, it, what's really weird to me from last year was that Jamal Williams played 523 snap, offensive snaps, where Aaron Jones played 376. Wow. So Williams played 48, almost 50% of the snaps, 48.7, where Jones played 34.5. Got to get a talent like Jones out there more often. So he is definitely the better back. Uh, he was injured um, for a while. Um so if you kind of combine those two, you're looking at like an 83.2% of offensive snaps that a running back was on the field. So if he can get the lion's share of, of that, if he can get it added up to 70%, which would be double what he had last year, yeah, uh, I think that the sky's the limit. Um, the Packers ran the ball 32.5%. Uh, of the time last year, which is the lowest in the NFL. With Mike McCarthy. With yeah. Mike McCarthy there. So, you know, and Aaron... Has talked a lot about balancing and things out. So if they go to, a, you know, 48, if they go 16 more percent and then and Jones gets a twice as much work, uh, there is a possibility that he could break the, I would say, top 15, maybe even top 12 of running backs uh, if he is the go-to lead back uh, in that in that offense. Yeah, he could be a steal yeah. in drafts. Yeah. But the problem is, is that LaFleur came yeah, out. Yeah, we don't know what his offense is going to be. Well, he like. came out and said that a committee approach works best for running backs. That's mm. what he's saying. So that I think that only hurts his value. I think, you know, that's why we kind of moved him back to 15, and he's not up in 10 to 12 for me. Um, so if he shares it uh, with the workload with Jamal, that he's going to – Definitely finish outside the top fifteen, but if he can somehow secure that lion's share, I think he's gonna he could be a top ten, top twelve, top ten in that high powered offense for sure. Moving on to n- number eighteen, it's Leonard Fournette, somebody who was undoubtedly a top ten, maybe top five pick last year, falling all the way to eighteen. What is up with that, Fritz? Well, it's injuries. Injury history uh, for Leonard Fournette. Um, I just can't get behind. Uh, I did last year. I drafted him as my my second running back. 
Yes. Uh, late second round, I went Bell for net. Uh, and that, oh wow! And that crushed me. Uh, he only played twenty six point nine percent of offensive snaps in eight games. Uh, he averaged nineteen point four touches per game. So the touches are there. When he's on the field, he's getting the ball. He's getting the twenty touches that you know the top running backs are getting. Yeah, he uh, gets volume, which is. And he's got a seventy nine point seven percent positive run percentage. So he's making yardage when he is getting the ball. Yeah, he gets what's blocked for sure. And, but the problem is, yeah. and again, uh, like I was telling you before, Nick Ercolano on BDGE, or Big Dog's Gotta Eat, was talking with Dr. Jesse Morris, and they were saying that Fournette's injuries were degenerative and uh, in that it's, it's not going to get better. His ankles are not going to get better. They're only going to get worse. Mm-hmm. So there's no way. I doubt he gets a second contract from Jacksonville. Right. And it's, so it's not like, again, like we're saying, like I said before, um, Dalvin Cook, where his hamstring uh, can get better. You can strengthen your hamstring. You can stretch out your hamstring. Um, These ankles are just going to get worse. Uh, they did add Jawan Taylor out of Florida um, yeah, as an offensive, the offensive tackle. Signed Andrew Norwell last season. Uh, and they did have a lot of injuries on their front line. Yeah, if they could stay healthy, it should so be. So if they can get healthy. And they can prove quarterback play, too. They got a, a, a mediocre quarterback. <laughs> better than the terrible one. <laughs> better they had better than horrible, so it's a step up. So it's going to at least keep some defenses honest. Uh I've always thought that they had a very young and but talented receiving core. Um, yeah. They just needed someone that could get them the ball. Even when Robinson was there, uh, they were it was fantastic. Those guys were. They, yeah, they've remember always had Robinson and Hearns, the Allen Hearns. brothers. Yeah, they both. They've all. I think they've always had really great luck at drafting young receivers. It's just that they haven't had a quarterback that can actually utilize and get them the ball. So maybe, you know, if they can open it up. I'm fading Fournette this year only because of the injury uh, and his injury history. Uh, my heart wants me to do it, but my brain is telling me not to, to draft him. We were talking about Marlon Mack potentially falling to the third round. If he's not there and Fournette is, I'm on I'm board with you. I'm trying to fade Fournette, but if he's there in the third round, i got to pull the trigger on it. Um, he averaged 3.25 targets last year in his eight starts, so three targets per game. Maybe they, they were trying to get him more involved in the passing games game, but then he couldn't stay healthy, so it kind of broke up the continuity of everything. I think this year they're going to try to showcase his receiving abilities more because they talked about that coming out of the draft or coming out of LSU that they didn't use him a lot in the passing game, but that he could be used in the passing game. He was no chump there, so... I'm expecting that to take hold here in his third year. Um, But it's exactly what you said. He gets what's blocked. He doesn't lose yardage, but he has problems making breaking big, long plays. He's not that type of back. He has had great touchdown production, 16 total touchdowns and 21 career starts. But he lacks big playability with a career yards per carry of only 3.7. But they didn't go out and get anybody in the draft. They they are... Pretty much setting this up as Leonard Fournette's team. Yeah, exactly. It's, He'll be the focal point, but not breaking big long runs is what I'm saying. No, yeah, I agree. I think you're right, and I think Fall. Another thing about your the reception that you touched on is that Foles is like is a very is a short passer. He likes to do short passes, and that might help him in his passing game to 
increase those those catches for the season. So let's move on to 19 on the list is Sony Michelle. This guy freaks me out because when I was doing my research on him, he was in his 13 games he played, he was only targeted 11 times in the passing game. So no receiving upside really, especially with guys like James White and Rex Burkhead still on the roster. Then when you look at his rushing totals, he had a lot of carries, a lot of carries from week to week, but didn't really have too much success. He was money in the playoffs, but during the regular season, in the 13 games he played, he only had five games, five out of 13, where he ran for at least 98 yards and a touchdown. The other eight games, he ran for just 366 yards and zero touchdowns. So was it all or nothing? So it's all or nothing, all boom or, nothing. or bust. And I had him on my team, and that's and I know that's how it was, how it went because I remember losing the game. He only had four carries for twenty yards. So I I I was high on him. I have him at ranked at nineteen. We have him ranked at nineteen um, yeah. because of the the tail end of last year. So oh, yeah, so and the playoffs, he was money. I think that they, that New England found a formula that worked for them, that when Sonny Michel ran the ball a lot, he did well, and they won games. So I think that, and it also took pressure off of Brady. Yeah, they discovered that he's a volume runner. Yeah, you got to get him going for him to really have right. success. Right, 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 exactly. But the one thing is that keeps me from even moving him up further for me, I mean, he got 16.6 touches per game. You're, but the bad, like you were saying, is 2% team targets. With all the other receivers there, uh, with the Edelmans, and they had Gronk for most, some of the year last year, you know, all those guys. Now they just went out and got um, Harry. Uh, that I don't think he's going to be catching the ball. And that's why I have White ranked as high as I do at uh, 24, mm-hmm. um, because he is going to get the PPR numbers that, that Michelle doesn't. But this is what the one thing that keeps him from going any higher is that the Patriots historically have been the worst team to count on for running back production. Anytime, yeah, you never know who it's going to be. Once you think you've got it down and you've got their game plan down, they change it all up and they go pass heavy. And then, like you say, Sonny Michelle has one carry for eight yards that game. And everything goes to white or everything is out of the passing game. So, as guessing as production is concerned, you never really know uh, who's going to do it week to week. Um yeah, I guess the best thing you could do is just try to try to put yourself in the shoes of the Bill Belichick, the fucking best. Uh, and once you think you know that, then he does exactly the opposite. Right. So if you if you have a defense that stops the run, then guess what? He's running against you because you think he's going to pass, so he's going to run yeah. against you. Yeah. Or is he? So that's the whole. Shit. Year, like, what the heck? So and then you they never went. Know. Out, they went out and they got uh, Harris. Uh, they got Damien Harris out of Alabama. Third round pick. So they think, which they said was almost an identical runner to Sonny Michelle. They think that he can see, they see holes better, and he hits holes better. So that's a one thing that scares me. Now you have, you got Rex Burkhead, you got Michelle, you got Harris, you got White. So, you know, I'm not sure how the, the backfield carries are going to be divided. And that's the one only thing that scares me. If it was just Sonny Michelle there, uh... Yeah, he'd be top twelve, top fifteen. He would be. That's it. Exactly. I agree. Uh, but before, um, like before they got the Harris, Michelle would have been like a twelve to fourteen range for me. 
Um, but now he's got to be 19, back at 19. Mm-hmm. Potential's there, as we saw last year, what he can do um, when given the opportunity. But he's got the, knee, the, knee, the nagging knee issues uh, history. And uh, so that's why he stays at 19 for me. Yeah, I'd probably rather have, uh, if it comes down to it in the draft, who we have, number 20, Philip Lindsay. I'd rather draft him. Uh, we have Lindsay, number 20. He was incredible as a rookie. Everybody knows. He ran for 1,037 yards and nine touchdowns. He had a very nice yards per carry of 5.4 as well. Showed some receiving upside, 35 catches for 240 yards and a touchdown. So he's a playmaker, a versatile playmaker, um, but so is Royce Freeman. He can put, catch the ball too out of the backfield. Um, so there's concern about Freeman taking reps from him. There's concern about the wrist injury getting healthy in time for this season. But he's an undeniable talent and an undeniably inspired person coming in as a free agent to uh, break run as a th- run for a thousand as a rookie is impressive. So that's why I have him. Uh, I would take him over Michelle technically, but have him at twenty. See, and I'm a, I'm in a holding pattern on him, and that's why uh, I have him at twenty two. Um, is because I'm not sure with the new uh, coach with new, everything coming in that's new. I don't know how they're going to divvy everything up. I think you're like you said. I agree on the undeniable talent. I think he's he's proved that last year. I I think he set the ceiling or hit the ceiling last year. This is just a personal uh, thought. On, you know, I don't think that he's going to reproduce. Um, I think he's a smaller back, uh, I'm, and I feel like the hits are going to take a t- toll on him. Uh, he's not going to be – he's questionable for OTAs, um, which gives Freeman the chance to jump in and learn the offense better and take a handle on it. Uh, yeah, his size is concerning. And and maybe going to another uh, – a share. And, that, and uh, you know, using him as more of a scat back and maybe using him as – the third day in the third down roll, and using Freeman as the bruiser on first and second down, and that's what concerns me right now. Um, again, we will always say that our rankings are fluid, um, and that they will adjust to fluid, baby. to the uh, the situation. Um, as soon as I'm proven wrong, I'll change it. Well, I'll tell uh, you, it's so hot in here. I need some fluids. Yeah. Uh, so, um, but. Uh, that's why I, I'm just I'm in a wait and see on Lindsay right now, um, and that's why I have him ranked at 22. Moving on to 21, we have Carryon Johnson. Johnson. Um, he's one of the because I don't watch a lot of college football ever, but he's one of the few players that I watched at Auburn and thought, man, that kid is really good. So I was really excited for him coming into the NFL last year with the Lions. I uh, kind of wished he had gone to a better team, but um, he had success last year. Um, he missed the last six games with injury, but in his 10 games, he averaged a nice 64.1 yards per game at 5.4 yards per carry. He also caught 32 of 39 targets. So if he was signed or if he was healthy the whole 16 games, uh, he was really starting to emerge as the workhorse there when he got hurt. So I think. Heading into this year, they didn't draft any backs to compete with them. They did sign C.J. Anderson. They tried to sign Mike Davis first, 
So he Anderson will get some snaps for sure, but I think Johnson's going to be the lead guy this year. Well, I think they are going to move towards a um, a rushing or running first. Yeah, because um, of Daryl Bevel. Because of Bevel. Um, I'm just scared. I think that I'm I'm really high on Carryon Johnson. I was last year as well. I think I drafted him like with a really late pick and had him on my bench uh, because I thought um, I saw that the potential was there. But I feel that Patricia is from the school of Belichick, uh, and as we saw or just said with Sony Michelle, um, they love their committees. They don't they don't commit, and unfortunately, that is stifling. Carry on Johnson, uh, his fantasy uh, production or his fantasy value because Patricia is underutilizing Carry on Johnson. And we'll continue. He's got CJ Anderson, there's Theo Riddick, there's Zach Zenner. And I'm labeling this, this Detroit Lions offense as the Patriots 2.0. So you just never know who they're going to run with. You know, they got, there's Zach, Zach Zenner is your. Uh, Rex Burkhead. Rex Burkhead. <laughs> Theo Riddick is your is your is your white. James White. James yeah. White. You're right. They're actually CJ Anderson exactly. is now your Damian Harris. Yeah. So, I mean, this is really ridiculous. Um, I I. I and Matthew Stafford is your Tom Brady. <laughs> In theory. Uh, so the Lions ran the ball 39.7% of the time last year. I think that goes up this year. Uh, on Johnson only saw the field 32.2% of the, the offensive snaps. So yeah. Third. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's absurd. It's, it's concerning. It's concerning. So I, I really wish if he could get up in the 60 and 70%, which I don't see it happening, but if he could, I think that he has the skills to be a top 10 running back. But again, uh, it's this, it's... It's Patricia and and the, and the style of offense that he runs. That's, that's going to kill him. Past 2.0. So moving on to 22. Almost done here. We are moving on to Devontae Freeman. And uh, I, was, I was very surprised when I was doing my research here. Everybody knows last two years he's been injury- Injured, they've been injury-riddled seasons. He's been injured out the wazoo. Basically, a waste of two seasons the last two years. So there's two ways to look at it. Either he had to take those two years to get healthy, and now he is finally healthy and ready to rock and roll, or he's officially washed up and mm. his body is breaking down on him. Which is it? That's the question. But when I was doing my research, his, his other two years where it was really good, um, 2015 and 2016, the two... Um, and then 2017-18 are his two injury-riddled seasons. In 15 and 16, when he was healthy, I wasn't impressed by his rushing totals. I was thinking, man, he's, he wasn't even that good. 1,056 yards and 11 touchdowns, and then 1,079 yards and 11 touchdowns. But then I looked at the receiving work, and he also added 73 catches for 560 yards and three touchdowns. And then 2016... Uh, uh, 54 catches for 462 yards and two touchdowns. So that's, when he that's was good eight. and healthy, he was averaging 1,700 yards and, and 14 touchdowns. It's like Todd Gurley last year, so yep. or almost. So That's definitely top eight. That's, uh, and, you know, well, we all know Tevin Coleman went to San Francisco right. where they're just stockpiling. How much, did, how much did they use Ida last year? 
How much did they really use Edo Smith last year? And how much does he deserve to get used this year? Because he didn't really do all that much with his work last year. Right, and they're coming back in, is it 15-16 when Coder was there the first time? 14-15-16? Dirk Cotter? Yeah. Hmm. I think mm. those were his three or 14-15-16? No. 12-13-14. Maybe 13, but... Or, mm, we'll have to check. We'll so. get back to you on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... Uh, I, I do think that the Falcons are going to be more of a pass-first offense, but I don't think that, I, again, it's one of those wear them into the ground uh, or or split the, the carries. And I don't think Ito did enough last year that weren't splitting carries. Yeah, I think uh, Freeman will be the guy if he's healthy. My, my only problem with Freeman is that I feel that he runs bigger than he is. And what that I mean by that is that he runs like he's a 230-pound back. Yeah, he tries to be physical. Because he runs like a beast. He, but he doesn't. And, that, and it's obvious by the wear and tear on his body. He uh, can't handle it. He can't handle it. He's been injured a lot. Um, he was only on the, well, last year doesn't really count because he was injured. So he's only on there 6.3% of the time. So that's, kind, that's kind of all of a wash. He had seven touchdowns last year before he got officially Put on ice, so that's pretty good. Yeah, I, I actually I've always liked Devonta Freeman. Um, you know, I always think that if you're if you're passing successfully, that's going to open up lanes for running. Uh, it's going to open up the middle of the field um, for you. So I think if by them passing more, that could make him even more successful. Um, I think they. They did something to beef up their their front line as well this year. Yeah, drafted two linemen in the first round. Uh, so I I I'm I may actually move Freeman up if I can see that he can stay healthy, um, in my rankings. In your fluid rankings. In my fluid rankings. Thank you for notes for mentioning that. So yeah. The fluid rankings probably go one water, two more water, beer, more three water soda. <laughs> uh, not a big soda guy. Maybe wine even I'll put ahead of soda. But that's for another podcast. Save that for the Alcoholic Anonymous podcast. <laughs> um, moving on here. To, so, yeah, Freeman, also last point, he could be a great value in drafts with other people thinking he's washed up. Maybe you could take him late as your RB3 or 4. That'd be a great value. <clears throat> 23 on the list, Mark Ingram. He could be... Uh, could be his year to shine here, getting paid three for three years, fifteen million. But I don't know. I think he's more going to be the leader of the committee more than a workhorse back. You know, they drafted Justice Hill. Gus Edwards really showed something last year as well. I think they still have Kenneth Dixon on the roster. I think they realized last year what San Francisco realized that can't put all your eggs in one basket at the running back position because it's so hard to stay healthy at that position. So now they're stockpiling as much talent as they can, um, which includes Mark Ingram. He has quite a bit of wear and tear. Again, I'm always going back to that. 194 total touches he's averaged per season in his eight-year career. Eight years. He's been he's sneaky old, man. Whoa. Um, so my fear is that it's going to be a committee and... He'll be getting the lion's share because he's getting paid the most, but that's what I'm looking at with Mark Ingram. And see, I, I, uh, I'm here's my my thinking on Ingram is is one of two things. I think you know they had 
Javoris Allen, they had Gus Edwards, they had Alex Collins, they had Kenneth Dixon, they had Ty Montgomery. So you had like 26, 24, 26, and 18, or something, 12, and then 10% on the field that last year. So yeah. that's almost 100% that one of those guys is. Javoris Allen is gone. He's in New Orleans, right? Didn't you get Collins that? is gone too, right? Co- Collins is gone? No, Collins is, yes. Okay. Uh, so now that, take, that gives you another 50% right there, 52%. Um, I think the Ravens went out and got, they went and got Ingram. They like his style of running. He's kind of a violent style of runner. I think they're going to, they're, they're throwing all this hype about by drafting all these wide receivers and stuff. And I think it's only to open up the defense, uh, and stretch them. Um, I don't know how much they're actually going to have, uh, Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson actually throw the ball. Um, but we'll see. Uh, I think again, it's, it's, it's two thoughts. They're going to have Ingram between the twenties, and then they'll do they'll change it up for uh, inside the the twenty, inside the red zone, um, or it's going to be vice versa. It's going to be Hill inside the twenties. I mean, it's, yeah, it's between the twenties, and then they're going to have Ingram come in and be the bruiser, and then just knock it in on the inside. And if that's the case, and he's going to get most of the goal line work, uh, which would be, but then that would make him touchdown dependent. Um, which he's kind of been the last two years in New Orleans. The Ravens do have all five of their offensive linemen returning from last year, and they re-signed Nick Boyle, who is considered one of the best, if not the best, uh, blocking tight ends in the game right now. So um, they have great blocking. They were ranked really high uh, for run blocking percentage last year um, as far as offensive lines go. Um, They ran the ball 51.5% of the time at home. Um, as opposed to 43.8% of the time away. So I think the opportunity is there for Ingram uh, to take over. Uh, he's definitely not lacking on talent, but if they go to the speed uh, aspect, then I could see his, his touches being limited there. Moving on to 24, the final, RB2. Dun, 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 dun. We uh, different have different people here, so I'm going to make my case for mine, and he'll make your case for yours. Do Why it. don't you go first, no, you since go. I've been hogging the mic all day. John, go right ahead. So I have David Montgomery, the rookie running back for the Bears at 24. You have, well, I'll save, I'll let you get into that. It looked slow to me when I looked at his tape, when I looked him up. It doesn't look special to me. I mean, he was good at te- he was spinning out of tackles, juking fools. He was break t- breaking tackles, but he didn't have a lot of burst, a lot of juice. Didn't certainly didn't have long speed. So I was wondering what all the hype was about. But then I see what it is. It's the coaches are touting him left and right as a three down back, workhorse back. And in fantasy football, obviously, it's all about opportunity, even over talent sometimes. So. He did catch 71 passes in his three years at Iowa State. Um, so I guess, yeah, you could argue he showed receiving upside. But, um, again, going back to wear and tear, he had a lot of wear and tear on on the ground. He had 109 carries, 258 carries, and then 257 in Iowa State. So he was a workhorse, you know, he's already, so that's good from one perspective that he's used to being the workhorse and knows what it takes to stay healthy through the season, but also just a lot of wear and tear on those legs, like he's uh, a lot older from uh, miles on the legs than uh, than a fellow rookie Josh Jacobs is. So, 
there's negatives to it, but I think they know in Chicago that they can't get by with a Mike Davis, Tariq Cohen one-two punch. They know they needed to do it all back, and so that's what David Montgomery is going to be for them, and I'm in on that on a fan, from a fantasy perspective. All right. And mine is James White of the New England Patriots. Uh, and mine is solely coming from the PPR aspect uh, of the game. And last year, I believe James White finished as like the number six uh, running back in PPR format with 123, I think it was, targets last year. Um, let me see if I can find that, of course. Um, with seven touchdowns, 123, 87 receptions, 751 yards, seven touchdowns. Uh, he also had uh, 94 rushing attempts, 425 yards, and five touchdowns. So nice. we're talking at 12 touchdowns and over almost 1,200 yards, all-purpose yards. I don't think he's going to uh, repeat that per se because he did that a lot because Rex Burkhead was injured uh, for a good majority of it. But with Gronk not playing... Uh, I know they got Nikhil Harry now there, uh, but I've always thought Patriots were a dink and dunk offense, and uh, that plays into Tom Brady's hands. He loves James White, uh, and he did he puts up great numbers. So I think just from a points standpoint, uh, I, I think he's going to be there. Um, he's always going to be, I think, their main focus point of their, of their offense. He was great last year. He really was. I had him and Michelle on the same team. And uh, one week when they played the Colts and just blew them out and both running backs had huge games, I started them both and I was at a bar watching it with my girlfriend and she, I was so excited every run they had. I'm like, this is awesome. And then my girlfriend's like, this is the most boring thing I've ever seen in my life because it was just Sony Michelle up the gut for six yards. James White uh, um, to the outside tackle for seven yards. She was like, this is so boring. But to me, I was like, yeah. So, man, James White was great last year on the ground and in the receiving game. Um, But as we've touched on all episode, running back by committees, you never know who they're going to play. It's hard, so you got to stay away. But White does have a defined role on the team. You yeah, I don't think that's going away. White. You know what you're getting there, yeah. I would definitely have White, White in my top 30. He just didn't break the top 24 for me. But uh, I think that's about it here. Any uh, Anything else from you, Fritz? No, just don't forget to follow us on uh, Twitter at Ballin' on a Budget, uh, at B-O-A-B Sports, uh, or the Fantasy Football Architect, and that would be Fritz underscore T-F-F-A. On Twitter as well. Yeah, and if you have any questions, comments, concerns, tweet at us right away. We will get back to you. And uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for all your support, everyone. See you next week. Well, we'll all right, let's tell them, Fritz. What are we doing next week? Tight ends or wide receivers? I think we're going to do wide receivers. Wide receivers it is. 1 through 12, everybody. See, See you, you then. next week.